0: We have full authority over unclean spirits. Our Lord Jesus has taught us that. He said, don't rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Sorry, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And so it's Satan and his realm that are subject to the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. But men are not subject to the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so even though our Lord does have full authority in the earth, our Lord never exercises his authority over the free will of men. The free will of men reigns supreme in the earth. That's the way it works. And um, so the church cannot exercise authority over the free will of men. We don't have any authority there. Again, and I in the scripture, let's just read it Luke chapter 10, 18 to 20. Uh, the scripture says, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And so our enemy is Satan and Israel. Our enemy are not mankind. We are to walk in love toward mankind. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers, Of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, and so our fight is with Satan and his angels. Uh, Our fight is not with mankind. So Satan uses men to come against the church, without a doubt. But nevertheless, the church responds to men in love. The church deals with Satan and his angels in their authority, and so it's a different. We we treat both um, camps differently mankind we walk in love toward them even though they are the poor ones that have been used by Satan to come against us we still love them but we deal with the spirits behind them that's where we exercise our authority we do not exercise our authority over the men who come against us uh, because we don't have authority over the free will of men that's not given to us we had authority over spirits and more uh, in, 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 more precisely demonic spirits, Satan and his angels. And so in Ephesians 6.12 talks about the fact that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And so we need to understand that aspect as well. And so we don't get a bit confused about things and think, well, Jesus has given me his authority in the earth, and so I can now uh, command so-and-so down the road to do this and do that and do that the other thing. No, you can't. Because so-and-so down the road has their own free will. God doesn't override their free will, and we don't have that authority either. We deal with demonic spirits. We deal with fallen angels. We deal with Satan. That's where our authority extends to, according to the sphere of our influence. And as I say, we have no authority over many in the earth. Um, God doesn't uh, override their free will, and neither does he allow the church to do that either. And so that brings us to the next point that I really want to discuss today. And that is that when we are to stand our ground. Now we saw in all uh, three accounts earlier, when um, Paul spoke about the issue, Peter spoke about the issue, and James. All three of them counseled the church in exactly the same manner. They said, when Satan comes against you, saint stand your ground. Now, that's a paraphrase, obviously, but we're we're meant to resist the devil. We are to stand our ground. We are not to give place to the devil. So what does it mean to stand our ground? Well, let's have a look at some scripture to kind of get an understanding around this, because um, it can get, you know, we're supposed to have authority, so why do I have to stand my ground? Can't I just go and bash Satan on the head? No, you can't. There's, There's a way that we deal with this thing. So let's have a look at this uh, passage of Scripture, our Lord speaking about the issue. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And so there's so much here that our Lord reveals to us from this very uh, simple comment that he made and let's try and unpack what what our Lord actually revealed to us. One one thing we can see here is that Satan doesn't have carte blanche in the earth. He cannot just do what he pleases. He has to get permission from God before he can do anything and so Satan went to God the Father and asked for Simon to be able to sift him as wheat. Now, in order for Satan to do that, and that that request was granted to Satan, because Jesus said so. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith... So in other words, Jesus didn't say, but not to worry, Satan doesn't have any you know, authority, and so, you know, don't, don't, don't even worry about it. No, It's not going to happen. No, Jesus acknowledged it would happen, because God the Father had then given Satan his request. Now, why Satan... Um, is able to do this there's a lot behind the scenes that it's a different uh, series of teachings entirely about suffering how god teaches us um, and so god does allow it but satan can only do it if god allows it so satan has to get permission from god to come against the saint in any area so that's one of the one of the things we pick up there straight away um, and so we see what also all of this transpires in the spirit realm but now, I look at what our Lord Jesus Christ prays when he... Because obviously, God the Father revealed to Jesus what had transpired. Um, Jesus, Satan has asked for, for Simon to sift him as wheat, and I've given him permission to do that. And so Jesus said, all right, Father, well, I'm going to pray for, for Simon that his faith won't fail him when he goes through this. And Jesus was very comfortable that his faith wouldn't fail him because he goes on to say, and when you have returned to me... So, you know, as far as Jesus was concerned, Simon is going to go through a rough time, but Jesus still said, when you return to me. So Jesus was very convinced that his prayer would be answered. Peter's faith would not fail, and Peter would return to him. And then he said, once that happens, Peter, strengthen your brethren. Why? Because now Peter can strengthen his brethren when they go through their, their trial of being sifted as we'd, Because you know, he can say, guys, I went through it, and I came out on top. You can go through to it, too, and this is how I did it so that's kind of what we can pick up in this uh, passage but it also the fact is as to what is being tested so when God allows Satan to come against the saint it is always to test their faith Um, because God wants us to grow in faith now we can really only grow in faith if our faith gets tested Um, You know, if if faith worked like a magic charm and we just said abracadabra and whatever we wanted materialized, well then, it's not faith anymore, it's now magic. Um, But faith requires that we actually believe in the the midst of adverse circumstances. So when all that can be seen um, is against what God says... And we still believe what God says, well now we're walking by faith because faith is the substance of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen, the substance of things not not. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've got it right now. And so it's the evidence of things not seen. And so that's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And so that's what God is wanting to happen when the trial comes our way. Is He's wanting our faith to develop so that we can trust in God no matter what the circumstances are saying to us. God's word says this about those circumstances and so I'm standing on that. And so when we do that we are now resisting the devil. And that's what really transpires. And so in this account where our Lord spoke about it, um, and God is also faithful you know, God, is, God allows Satan you know, Satan can't do anything unless he gets permission he goes to God uh, he has this legal right to go to God and ask for certain uh, saints to, he wants to test their faith um, we don't understand why but he does he has this legal right to be able to do that he has to get permission but God is also faithful we know that in 1 Corinthians 10:13, in that God will not allow us to be tested beyond that which we are able be tempted beyond that which we're able, and so God knows what we can uh, 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 um, what we can cope with, and that's where uh, that's the limit that He places upon the test. Think about Job, for argument's sake. Right at the outset, um, again, Satan asked for permission. God gave him permission, but gave him a boundary. Said you can t- take his, uh, you can um, touch what he has, but you can't touch his body. And so Satan could do certain things, but he couldn't do other things. Then it went to his body, but you can't take his life. And so God places the limitation because God knows what his saint can cope with. And so that's that's the one of the safety mechanisms that we have in place. We know that whatever we're going through, God will not allow me to go through more than I can endure. That's what he's promised to us in the scripture. But now have a look at what actually transpires with Peter's case. Because... When Jesus says to Peter, you know, Simon, uh, Satan's asked to sift you as wheat, but I pray that your faith won't fail. Um, The incident obviously referred to Peter denying our Lord Jesus Christ three times. Um, But now, that wasn't really the test that our Lord was so concerned about. Because why? The Lord knew that Peter would actually fail that test, and he did. He denied the Lord three times. And the Lord knew he would do that, and so the Lord actually said to Simon, Simon, you're actually going to deny me three times. And so what the Lord was more concerned about is what Peter would do after that, because it was after that that we see in Scripture that Peter wept bitterly. I mean, the Lord looked at him when that that rooster crowed the second time, and he had denied our Lord the third time. Um, and so that must have absolutely pierced uh, Simon's heart when, he, when that happened. Because he, the Bible says he went outside and he wept bitterly. And so it would have been at that time that Satan would have really stuck it into him and said, you know, you're just not worthy to be this man's disciple. You have denied him publicly in front of everybody three times. You're not worthy to be an apostle. Yeah? And he, he, his demons would have really climbed in boots and all at that time. And so that's the period that Jesus actually prayed about that he, Peter's faith would not fail him at that time. And so our Lord was quite uh, sure that his prayer was answered because He said, but "When you have returned to me." So Peter and uh, Jesus knew that Peter would repent and come back into fellowship with the Lord. He said, "When you have returned to me, then strengthen your brethren." And so, but it was Peter's faith that would being tested. You know, does, does this man? that's what Satan really that's that's the ultimate test that's what Satan is really after when he tests us with adverse circumstances he's wanting to test whether we really believe what we say we believe Um, because it's only when things go completely against what you say you believe and you continue to believe that that your faith stands it's when, when, every, when you say something that you believe God says this about this and things go completely against that and you then give up and say, well, uh, you know, God's word actually doesn't work, you know, faith doesn't work. Well, then Satan's now just one because, you know, you've given up. Um, and so that's what he comes after. Ultimately, he would like to get the saints to just give up on their Christian walk and so, you know, Christianity is not for me. I'm out of here. Uh, that's his ultimate aim. And that's what he would really try to do with Job. He wanted Job to curse God to his face. And he said to God, if I, you let me do this to him, he'll curse you to his face. doesn't happen. comes back to God, he says, well, then let me do this to him, and he'll curse you to his face. And it doesn't happen. And so that's what, what this whole exercise is all about. Satan is wanting the saint to back down on... Um, Claiming God's uh, promises for their lives. So when a saint s- sees something like, you know, divine health is mine, well, I'm going to claim that for myself. Well, now Satan's going to do his best to put sickness on that in- individual's body, to test their faith. You now, does this, does this person really believe what they say? Or are they just saying it because everything's going fine? It is so easy to, to make a statement of faith when everything's perfect. It's when the adverse circumstances come against you completely contrary to what you believe, and you still say, this is what God's Word says and this is what I'm standing on. Well now, now your faith has been tested. And so that's really what it's all about. Now Jesus is not, he has no favorites, don't forget. Um, And so that which he prayed for, Simon, that his faith wouldn't fail him when he went through his, his testing and his trial, our Lord Intercede on our, our behalf. Hebrews chapter seven verse twenty-five says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus is still praying the same prayer for all of his saints because don't forget, Satan is still trying to do to all of the saints on the earth today what he did to Peter and those saints that lived at that time. That's Satan's agenda. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and so that's what he, did, he that's what he does. And it is only our faith in God and His Word. And prevents him from doing that. But he'll certainly push the, the, the envelope as much as he can to get the saint to back down. That's his that's his agenda, is to get the saint to back down on their stand of faith. But in all instances, we get told in Scripture, stand. And so we have to stand our ground when our adversary comes against us. Another passage of Scripture, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and to 7. Scripture says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Why? That the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so... Again, the, the apostle Peter, Peter's talking about the trials that come our way. Now, Peter had gone through, our Lord prayed about one of his trials that he went through. And so he says, guys, they're going to come when they do. He says they, they're only for a little while. So he kind of tells us that a trial and a test is always for a period of time. Now, the, the period can be a short duration. It can be quite lengthy, depending on the trial that we go through, um, depending on God, what God allows in our lives. Uh, But He will never allow us to be tested beyond that which we are able. That's what He's promised us. But it does happen for a little while. Why is that? Because in, in, in the context of eternity, whatever our trial in life is, it's still for a little while. It's not, even if it is for a long period of time. Now, none of it is pleasant. He says we are grieved by various trials. So in the natural, a trial is not a happy place to be in. It's not a good place to be in. Okay, let me rephrase that it's not a happy place to be in but it is, a, it is a good place to be in why? because the testing of our faith produces patience in our lives it, it, it just grows us spiritually we become stronger for it and so we do need to go through it in order to grow stronger in it um, if we draw back from it well then we don't please the, the Father we don't please God and so, you know, we do need to stand our ground when the trial does come our way. It's not an easy thing in the natural to do. It's a very hard thing in the natural to do. But that's why we need to um, have our Lord pray for us that our faith doesn't fail us. That's why it's called a test of... of, of he says your, your, your faith is being tested by fire. And so it's a trial of fire. It's not an, a pleasant experience. But... The saint is always admonished, just stand your ground, give no place to the devil. And so we're not to do, um, we are to resist him and he will flee from us. That's the, the promise of the scripture to us. James says it this way in James chapter 1, uh, verse 2 to 4, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So there again, it's very clear in Scripture, that when the trials do come, and the trials will come, um, that it is our faith that is being tested. That's what Satan's after. He wants us to give up on our faith. Uh, Our faith in what? Our faith in what God has said. Because we live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And we walk by faith, not by sight. So when the adverse circumstances arise in our life that are completely contrary to what God's Word says about it, well then, in faith, that's what we stand and we believe, and so we resist the devil. And eventually, he does have to pack up and leave. Now, one of the other things that happens is that we grow it spiritually because one of the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering, is patience. And it is the trial, the testing of our faith that produces patience. And so our spirits grow stronger. We can learn to walk in the patience of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible teaches us that we should look at those who, through example, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We must look at them as the examples that we should follow after. And so it's a case of we have to stand our ground when we do go through the various trials that do come into our life. And I say those trials will always come when, this, when the saint wants to now believe God's word on a subject, well, now Satan wants to test their faith in that area. Or oh, do they really believe what they say? Well, let me have a, a go at them. I'll show you this person actually doesn't believe your word. And so God says, okay, go ahead, um, but you can't do this. And so that's when they come against the saint. Now the saint gets told, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Stand against the wiles of the devil. Having done all to stand, stand. And so that's what we do. We need to stand our ground. And so in today's teaching, we want, we wanted to cover the different spheres of authority that we have. And so we don't... Although the whole church has been given the authority of our Lord Jesus in the whole earth, not everybody in the church can, has authority over all of the earth. We only have authority in our own spheres of influence. Um, and then... We do not exercise authority over mankind. We only exercise authority over Satan and his realm. And then when the trials do come, when Satan does bring those, that evil day into our lives, then the saint is admonished, stand. Having done all to stand, stand. That's what the scripture says in the book of Ephesians. And so that's God's counsel to us. Stand on your um, faith in his word. In the name of Jesus and in the word of God, stand your ground. And Satan will eventually have to leave you. That's how God has designed it to be. We're going to end the teaching on that point today.